Hi and welcome to another episode of the Mixology Collection. My name is Damien. And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Roop. Uh, for those of you that do, he's Dinao. It's another one, Damien. How are e- you, man? Episode number six. I know, I know. Six is amazing. So is that like, that's six hours worth of pe- talking to people, but to be fair, they're not all, all exactly an hour long, are they? We no, had a but it's, couple yeah, so of long ones. Yeah, people listening to us chat shit <laughs> <laughs> actually you're the sensible one if anyone's chatting shit it's mostly me let's be honest <laughs> i don't uh, want to say <laughs> yeah well you are the polite one man but how are you how's things been uh, i'm how's, good how's the little so, one the little one is beautiful every day is just a joy to wake up even though it's probably to a dirty nappy just, <laughs> just seeing her grow day by day is just a real pleasure and lockdown has just really been a great time for us as well as a family just to especially for me i'm not out on the road so i can be there every day help out and see her develop that's incredible man that yeah. that is that is a, that's a, that's a beautiful thing isn't it really and what about you man what's been up what's been happening yeah re- really good my man like uh i've been looking forward to, i'm always looking forward to hanging out with you and spending some time if you're honest oh. uh, it's probably like one of, one of the, my favorite parts of the month um but i was just thinking back to to some of the episodes that we've already done i mean the, I mean, this is our third one now, isn't it? In in lockdown and in quarantine, and correct. Um, the uh, speaking to Mr. Bowker, ch- uh, shout out to to James. Um, that was yeah, that was a really good one, man. I, I like to kind of in my mind revisit some of the old episodes and then also listen to them because uh, I like to hear the difference between what we kind of keep and what we don't and what you edit out. It's, it's really cool. Mm. And then the the one that obviously we've well we haven't quite released whilst this one is going on is uh is when we spoke with the um um rum cast guys uh skylock spirits man that was uh that got me that touched me in places i didn't even realize i had places to be touched in i like that one that was uh <laughs> well, emotional what, time. what i like what we're doing is we're able to sit and chat to friends and people we've seen in the street that maybe we haven't been able to get to know as well and now it's that proper hours time of with somebody that you probably wouldn't get generally mate speaking about not being able to or being able to get into touch with people that you you've not been have the opportunity to today's guest i mean this young lady has again we're lucky man everyone we get on has ticked some incredible boxes but this young yeah. lady's done some incredible work as well and from what you told me i mean you've obviously uh, met her a couple of times she's a beautiful human being as well so i'm quite looking forward to, to getting to know her so i normally do the intros but seeing as you've met her before man who have we got today damien today we have chelsea fucking bailey chelsea fucking <laughs> bailey how are you hey guys you're making me blush <laughs> uh, we haven't even started yet yeah I yeah know. trust me <laughs> thank you very much for coming on how are you yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Thank you so much for, for having me. It's great to be a part of this. Yeah, well, thank you uh, for coming on after a shift. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of admin days, if you like. A bit of admin time at work today. Yeah. Oh, are you, so you're still working at the moment, are you? Yeah, so the majority of our staff um, have been furloughed apart from a couple of us. So, um, yeah, I'm still helping with the deliveries and kind of doing that side of it. Okay, man. Well, there's, there's some interesting stuff you guys have been doing, which we'll touch upon later on. Um, but as, as most of our interviews, we always kind of start at the beginning, way back, back into time. <laughs> way back oh, when, God. back in them days. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, and it's basically just looking at where things started and we can kind of chart the progress. Um, so if, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
you kind of started everything in Reading? Uh, yeah, so way back when. Um, so I've, I've pretty much been in the industry since I was 18. Um, yeah. And I think when I was 21, uh, I kind of just sacked off the kind of student bars and actually that's the light it wasn't that glamorous I was basically having a tantrum in the kitchen because part of my <laughs> management course was to learn the kitchen and I, I absolutely fucking hated it I can swear on this podcast right absolutely <laughs> do what you like I, I you're Chelsea just... fucking Bailey you can do whatever you like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. damn fucking right um and so and I just had enough and I just quit and polished glasses and yeah I started for um kind of the cocktail sort of thing it would have been god that was when I was 21 I'm 30, 11 years ago um, uh, okay. uh, so let me yeah. just so yeah so you were doing hosp- hospitality management course yeah so I was just like in student bars and nightclubs whilst trying to do uni but obviously dropped yeah. out sorry yeah. mum um <laughs> and, and yeah so I've been on the cocktail side of it for 11 years but in the actual industry for fuck 14 years yeah yeah <laughs> and, and this all yeah. started then at Malmaison yeah, Malmaison, so same same company as Hotel de Van. Yeah. And then uh, after that, I went to Australia for a few months and then I came to Bristol. And that's kind of Bristol's where it all really kind of kicked off for me. So, really- how long are you reading for? Uh, I moved out of home when I was 18 and I left when I was 21. Oh, oh is, that, is that where you're from then? Is it Reading? Babes, I'm from Slough. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, I, I lived in Reading for a few years, road. actually. Yeah, not. Yeah. I was in Reading in 99. I was there for a good couple of years. Actually, 97. I keep forgetting what year it is. Did you um, drink Pav- Pavlov's Dog? Yeah. Do you remember Pavlov's Dog? Yeah, that, that Pavlov's was like, Dog. That was where I first poured pints. That was, um, that was my amazing. first gig, yeah. So I, I used to drink in the Purple Turtle. Uh, oh, I worked yeah. at I worked at Pinot and I also my first ever job or bar job was uh, Haha's on, no. on the high, when it was on the high street because they moved it. Yeah, they? yeah. So I I started uh, when Haha's was on the high street, and then moved to Pinot around the corner, and then and then the Fez Club opened which just as I was yeah ready. So so it's the Fez Fez on the Mondays, Pinot on the Thursdays. That was my yeah. Um, I, I, oh, that, that was, was back great in the day. Great times, great times. <laughs> Sorry, David. We don't mean to ignore you, man. We just <laughs> That's all right. No, no, please go ahead. <laughs> so, but, but, so Malmaison was really where you learnt your chops, or kind of got the thirst for working behind the bar. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, so I was at Malmaison for a year. So I was polishing glasses, and I was in a little bar back room. And up in the bar back room, I had um, all the cocktail specs up. So as I was polishing, I was trying to learn the specs, and then. Um, we just had a mass staff walkout, so it was just me and my boss, and he's like, "Cool, you're on the bar now." I'm like, "Crazy, okay. <laughs> yeah." And it was, it, it was quite cool. I mean, um, you know, I thought I was a dog's bollocks because I could layer three uh, Key West cooler, um, <laughs> but we also learnt like martinis and old fashions. But it, you know, it is, it is red in. So during the week, it was quite fun because it'd be like business, business been like there. Um, like traveling for work and you know they were the ones drinking like the martinis and the gronies and stuff and then it came to like friday and saturday it was just basic bitch night so okay. um, well shout out to the key west cooler <laughs> it's, it's been a long time it's been a long time there's nothing wrong with midori <laughs> love it love it <laughs> um so that's kind of where i got the taste for it um and then when i went to melbourne I worked for like an Italian restaurant and I guess from there they taught me more about making coffee than anything else but we did do a few cocktails but it wasn't until I came to Bristol that I understood 
what cocktails could be like what a career it could be like and and yeah Bristol for me was kind of the real turning point uh in my career I guess so why why Bristol uh well god um so I I was in Reading fell in love went to Australia and then came back uh came back earlier than expected and my parents uh live in Somerset and my partner at the time had a placement at Bristol Uni. So we were like, cool. And then the guy that actually ran the restaurant uh, in my Mason Reading opened up a site in Bristol and he offered me, offered me the head bartender job there. So I, th- I feel like that's like a usual story. Fall in love, <laughs> move cities, <laughs> move countries even. Yeah. Um, so how, how was the, I mean, how was the time in Australia? How, how different was it for you? Not just culturally, but in respects to the bartending styles and the way the, the, I guess the patrons, the way they order drinks and how they're drinking and that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really have much experience there because like I was only working there for a few months and at this point I didn't know about the cocktail scene or anything like that. Um, I actually think I applied for a bar back job at the Black Pearl, but I had no clue who they were. I was just like, oh, they've I can polish glasses. That's fine. Um, if it had been like a few years on, then I'd obviously be hounded down their door. But um, mm. yeah, was, like I said, I worked, I worked for two Italian men in Melbourne. It was like, it was very kind of regimented in the restaurant. Um, a lot of it was kind of like schooners and beers and stuff. Um, yeah. But I was, there, I was there more for a jolly than anything else. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll go work on the beach, whatever. <laughs> There's worse places to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So at what point did your interest kind of really step up to cocktails? Um, so again, uh, was having a little work tantrum. Uh, so the place Do we see that- a theme coming along? <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I didn't I'm want to say diva, it. I'm a diva now, babes. Uh, no, <laughs> well, it was like burgers and burning myself. You know, that's, that's a deserved tantrum. Um, no, I was in... So the place the guy from our Mason took over, um, Matthew Barker, he now owns a really cool little cafe restaurant in uh, Cardiff, actually. Um, Shout out he, to Matthew Barker. Um, he actually owns not owns he opened up um, a botanist which is um, part of uh, Mitchell Butler it's like their I think it's quite it's abbreviated like PCDG or something like that it's like kind of their more premium dining space if you like Uh, for those you can't see I am doing quotation marks on premium Um, (laughs) and I just needed a job and I was there for like two and a half three months and there was a point where I think I was on a double and it was too busy for me to have a break. And it got to about half six when all the, the staff came in and I was like, sod this, I'm just going for a 10 minute cigarette and a classic meal deal. Uh, like 10, <laughs> mi- t- 10 minutes it costs. And the, my assistant manager at the time was like, yeah, it's coming out your break, out your pay. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm working like 12 hours. And then I, I wow. came back to the, yeah, and I came back to the bar and I'm I'm pulling pints for estate agents that are like, oh, what's your real job? You're like, oh, fuck off, mate. You're a twat. Like, <laughs> um, and then end of the night, I go for a gin and tonic with the girls afterwards and I see this advert on my phone and it's for a cocktail bar in Bristol. And I was like, sod it. I just applied for it. And next day, got an interview. Day after that, quit my job and, and went to work there. And, and I walked into that bar and the person I worked for was um, Sarah Tring. So Sarah Tring is the wife of Richard Tring that owns Red Light in Bristol. And they have like yep. Weber and Tring's down to Takaria. 
and um the owner hired me and she had to deal with me and um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mention the name of this bar just because they're assholes and there's been some stuff on social media about their gin recently and i don't want to promote them oh yeah okay yeah i think we all know where that's going um but this bar had like 400 spirits and i knew amaretto and hendrix (laughs) um um and important spirits to know to be fair i think so yeah yeah um and i i was just so in awe and i was like oh my god there's this whole other side of of bartending i didn't know about and i wanted to know everything and obviously i started on the floor because i, I wasn't experienced enough to be on the bar um and i used to come in like half an hour an hour each day and i'd get out the, the menu so 100 of the spirits we had was rum and they were all um, in alphabetical order. So I'd start at the very top and it would be like uh, Abuelo, Panama. And I'd go all the way down the list. And if I got one wrong, I'd go to the top. And I kind of learned that. And then I Googled all the cocktail ingredients. Because I, I didn't even know what monkey shoulder was at this point. I was like, that's what's fair. monkey shoulder? In the morning, yeah, I, was like, I, don't even, I don't even know what it is. Um, and yeah, I did all that. And lucky Sarah was uh, patient enough. And then again common theme we got dicked over one night and i had to be on par i'm gonna do this quicker than uh, any of the boys and then and i did and then from that moment i was allowed to be on the bar and it kind of progressed but uh, for those of you who haven't met sarah she's absolutely lovely but um she can be a little bit intimidating so i was absolutely shitting myself <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that i mean there's, there's probably reason or part of the reason they're as successful as they are and, and well respected as they are um yeah shout out to sarah string i mean uh, i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all but how long did it take you to to write that list and let it i'm just curious now what was that process like for you what for for learning the list yeah 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 uh, i still i still learn my spec like that like I'll, I'll write my specs out on a sheet of paper all the way down as to the day how i do it um i think at the time i was just so determined to learn everything that it was yeah. i found it quite easy and then once i'd learned it we had like the whole entire like plantation range there so i'd spend like a couple of weeks like trying the the plantation barbados and i'd go and look at the other kind of bajan style rums and you know a lot of it was kind of like self-taught when it came to like the spirits, but Sarah was like really helpful teaching me about the cocktails and building cocktails and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, some of the things that you would, uh, that you said there, I mean, those of us that are listening, obviously the people that listen to this podcast are all from, from hospitality. And the nice thing is that we haven't got, uh, you can say little key words like the meal deal. Everybody knows about the meal deal. I mean, <laughs> those meal deals have saved our lives. Um, and then obviously when you said you were doing a double at the time um, in, the, in the previous role and, and as soon as you said double, I knew exactly what you meant. But not only that, but I thought back to all of the doubles that I've ever done and what they feel like. And, and I think that's, uh, that, that connection there is, is really important when, when we're talking to each other. We all, almost have our own little language. I don't think we realise it sometimes. Yeah, no. Um, but it's, it's uh, yeah, man, that's, that's, a, that's crazy. But you're right. It, it, what you've just said there happens far too often um it's, it's the from big one, change one to another. yeah um yeah the, I, I don't think i'd ever work for a huge train again i couldn't like it's just not not for me well it's fair to say though that bristol's got quite a few independents i mean for the past six seven years i've been going it's always been really vibrant independent focused 
Yeah, it's crazy. I think the, the Gloucester Road is like the longest road for independent shops and bars and restaurants in the whole of Europe. Like we're yeah. quite, because you also had the massive Tesco riots as well when people kicked off in Tesco's and Stokes Croft and, and now it still can't be open to 11 and still not to sell alcohol and stuff. Like they're, they're quite... Well, hold, hold it, hold it. Tesco riots? Yeah, what? Tesco riots. So Banksy did a piece in it as well. Like the Tesco riots. So in Stokes Croft, um, I don't know if you guys have been to the Filthy 13 theme yet. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's just, it's just up the road from there. And uh, when we, they found out it was opening, they, everyone just had a riot and kicked off and smashed the windows in. It's like, we hate wow. Tesco. It's independent. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> That is some serious hate from the... I mean, shout out to the independents. That's some serious <laughs> hate. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I, I'm a big fan of the city, man. I, I think it's... Um, there's a lot of people told me a lot about Bristol uh, before before I went, and and they were right. There's there's a lot going on. There's just always a buzz yeah. about it. It, it. it has its own personality. I know it sounds really cheesy to say that, but... It's one of the f- one of the few places that you go to, and you think, "Wow, this has really got its own little identity." Is it, there's a lot going on here. You can really kind of almost absorb that energy that it's got there. It's, it's really cool, man. I, I like the place. And is it quite a close community there as well? Everyone's supportive of each other. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Bristol, Bristol's like great. Like everyone, like the bar scenes there are amazing. Obviously, you have your clicks with bartenders. At the end of the day, we can't help it. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nine times out of 10, um, people are supportive, obviously, yeah. from previous conversation with previous bars, not so much. Uh, sure. But okay. yeah. I mean, you, you've done some competitions with other bartenders, uh, like Lucas from Her Majesty's Secret Service, I think. Oh, yeah. We, Shout um, out, Lucas. Yeah, beautiful caramel bear. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we talking about me or? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ruth, not this time. You. Ah, damn. I'm sorry, ah, Rib. You know, you know Lucas. He's beautiful. Uh, do you know what? Um, if there's one person I'll lose out to, I'm happy to lose out to him. He's, you're right. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. A, He's a twin man. as well. Double trouble. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so yeah, I've done a few kind of um, team-ups for competitions. Uh, Lucas was one with um, Emilio. Um, uh, that was Shakes in the City. And then a couple of us couldn't do it. So it actually ended up being Danny Walker and Ben Alcock helping out as well um that was a really nice. fun comp actually for imbibe yeah that was fun um i think the first global final i did for mamont vodka that was a team up um actually teamed up with a guy from the chef uh team up with a, a guy that was the chef okay. <laughs> yes sir. maybe maybe just have the one martini today um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was cool we, had, we ended up going to moscow which is the worst place i've ever been to my life would never go back um wow. yeah. Yeah, it was. It, there was a lot of homophobia going on there. It's, it was. Horrible. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the story. Like, we was kind of after the competition because um, we went with. There was two British teams. It was me and Todd, and then it was uh, James Fowler and uh, his chef Paul, who were absolute babes. Um, we were sat in the red square, and there's just like this guy like walked past. It's obviously kind of camp or gay and the waiter just turned around and just started shouting abuse at him and I was like oh fuck I'm gonna have a gay flag and get straight on the plane um, <laughs> and it was just what the waiter plate. did yeah the waiter he was just like wow. serving someone at a table and turns around it's like, oh, home, 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 and it just turns back again you're like what the hell and what? it's just the whole city just had a really like militant feel for it I mean maybe I should give it another chance but not really <laughs> my my cup of tea um but yeah that was the first the first club we went to and that was it was an experience, shall we say. Yeah, it um, sounds it. it. sounds pretty intense. 
yeah, I actually ended up working for Mammont Vodka a few years down the line after that, which was really cool. Yeah, shout out Mammont Vodka. So, so I'm kind of doing some research and it's fair to say you've done a fair few competitions. Yeah, I think, I mean, I say I'm retired now. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm already getting itchy feet. Um, yeah, I think I've been, well, I was competing for seven, nearly eight years. Hmm. Um, and I've probably done about 40 yeah. 40 odd maybe 50 I kind of lost count after a while and so how did that all start what got you into the very first one was it oh god okay we're gonna go back <laughs> to the keywords callers on this um so yes <laughs> it was going back to when I was working with Sarah and it was a chartreuse comp which she encouraged me to enter and this is like going back to when I was obsessed I had to know everything about everything so obviously I tried to research as much about chartreuse as possible um and the whole thing where only like three months at one time are allowed to know the recipe I'm like oh I'm gonna do a chartreuse key west cooler and layer it um <laughs> and I and I did and um every year it pops up on Facebook I think oh you twat what were you doing <laughs> 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 I found I found the recipe. I had it dated. It was 2011. That was that was the first. Comp. Oh shit! Nine years. Oh god! It said 2011. And I saw the spec and I saw the chat and I'm like, oh god, we've all got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh mate, if I tell you about some of the drinks I created in inverted commas at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. But look, you're right. We, we've all we've all got to start somewhere, and 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 you kind of. And but it's. I think it's good. I think it's good to be able to look back. And look at your own yeah. personal development, your own style change. I mean, how much has your style changed since that chartreuse? Yeah, massively. I, I mean, I keep I keep notes about everything, um, and I think two years later, or a year and a half later, there was okay. another chartreuse comp. Um, I went back to my notes and completely changed my style, and actually won it, which was which was great. It was actually the first. I don't know if it was first or second comp I'd ever won because I think they kind of were in the same same week. Um, okay. But I I went from doing a three layered Key West cooler, which was like the chartreuse mure with like cayenne pepper in it, and then the chartreuse yellow with like lemongrass and ginger, and then mint and green on the top. And I'm like, it looks absolutely gross when you mix it together. <laughs> and I did that, and then I changed it, and it turned out to be a flip with like creme de cacao, chartreuse, and ferny menta. Like it was a whole completely different thing it's quite i quite like it when i go back through notes and stuff and see how much so where do you is that where you get your inspirations from then is it that is that through your research reading through looking through your old notes or do you have a few people around you that that you look at or talk to for for your inspiration for your drinks a bit of everything i mean um there was a drink i was playing around with last week and um i actually looked at the original recipe for it because there's a few recipes over time where I was so young and undeveloped, like with, with, with kind of finalized them that could actually mm-hmm. be really great drinks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, one of it had like a homemade flannel in it. And I couldn't remember how I did it. So I messaged my mate at the time. I was like, how, how do we make this flannel? I've completely forgotten. And this was a flannel from red light. So I messaged like Mike Kanem, who's the current bar manager. Shout out to Mike. Got you in there for your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so instinctive. I don't even know what I do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, my friend Ellis and, and Tom and stuff. So I messaged the boys I used to work with. Um, um, but yeah, I, I'm a big believer just just keeping notes. It's just a habit habit that I've had, and I made a whole 
global campaign out of it for legacy and it kind of it's kind of paid off for me yeah legacy we're going to get into that yeah. i mean cocktail competitions is something that uh i mean i have an opinion about most things let's be honest i'm a, I'm a grumpy <laughs> old man now i think i'm allowed to be um but competitions are really interesting because for those those of you that are listening um those of you that obviously understand what it's like to, to enter a comp but for me someone that's been doing this like i said uh, two decades now um i'm a little bit i have to admit i'm a little bit jealous not jealous but like it's incredible how much information is out there and how much information is available to you guys now compared to where when i started um and you can see that in the way that you guys i say you guys i mean that the the generation kind of like behind me i guess in the uh, how quickly you evolve through each competition like your evolution for for competitions personally was just so rapid like you said you went from a key west school a chartreuse inspired to winning your next well, you can't remember the next two ones you won. They were so close together. And then we're obviously going to start talking about legacy. So I think it's incredible. Not is it incredible that you might have information we have out there, but what's really cool for me is how people are utilizing that information, how you guys are used, using that and becoming so creative with it. It's, um, it's really nice. It's really nice to watch. I've always, I've just always had the ethos. Like if I, if I don't win, then I learn. And I think you great know, ethos. Great ethos. There are there are a lot of kind of bartenders that I see over years and stuff that aren't so graceful at not winning. Never lose, not winning. I like how you put that. Yeah, I didn't want to be that person. Like I always just wanted to be like, whenever I'm in the room, just be nice and polite because that way, if you do win, people are happy for you because no one likes it when the arrogant dickhead walks into the room and wins the comp. Like no one does, and yeah, but also if I if I if I didn't get like through or place or, or win it overall, um, just by being like kind of quite graceful about it and stuff like that, then brands are then more likely to want to work with you and 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 kind of be part of your contacts and stuff. So I think it's I think it's quite Im- important to say that the reason I started doing competition was, was to have kind of a network of people and a reputation uh, without having mm-hmm. to live in London. Yep. which co- completely com- defeats the point now I'm in London um so for me that was like every time I did a comp I was like cool who have I just met who were the judges what do they like to drink like when I'm in London are these people that I can go visit um and that was that was a big thing for me is about networking so if I didn't necessarily win then I didn't mind because I always got so much more from it than a mm. than the actual prize yeah, James Balkis um, said exactly the same thing, that um, taking part in the competitions was a way to elevate his own game and kind of to compete against his peers, to push himself, to learn and to network. Um, so I think it's kind of a key thing for, for those out there that are listening and wondering how you advance yourself in industry is just throw yourself into the competitions and get your name out there. Yeah, I, I can second that, Damien. I, I think we were saying absolutely right, and James, James did obviously say say the same thing, and, and and Chelsea saying it as well. Like, I don't. I mean, even when I even when I was doing competitions, it was one of the only ways to get yourself out there. But more importantly, it was less about the competition, and and like you guys say, it was more about connecting with your fellow colleagues and fellow industry colleagues, and 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 getting to meet these bars from these uh, these bartenders from these bars that you'd heard about, and 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 asking them questions and watching watching how they did things and i think uh, competitions can be good like that but you're right chelsea there's also the other side of it where you get those people coming in yeah. and <laughs> they, yeah. 
the, what's the, I'm, I'm just curious now, what's the worst example of that you've ever seen, or the best example, I should say, whichever way around? Uh, what, of, of someone not winning? Absolutely. <laughs> oh. No, Let's I, get I, in I, there. I, I, oh, I no, can't. we don't need names. We just need an example. I, yeah, I'm now curious. It, oh, God. Um, it's just, obviously, <laughs> people, I mean, it's, it's, it's times where I've won kind of two, two comps. Again, not going to name it, but um, I mean, I, I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I've just won. I'm going on holiday. <laughs> fair, you, fair. You do you, but um, you know, just it's when people, I think, get feedback um, from judges, and obviously, being a judge more recently, so I know how kind of difficult it is to give. Yeah, yeah. A shit sandwich, so we say. <laughs> something they did really yeah. well. Something well, they didn't quite win in something and something better, but sometimes it just gets that case where you, you did nothing wrong, but that person was just more suited or, or was just better. Um, but it's when you, you kind of get told why, and then people argue, actually, do you know what? Guys. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm glad I asked the question now. Uh, Martini number two, let's go. Um, <laughs> there is one guy that actually I'm going to name and shame a little bit because he was an absolute prick. Oh, um, shout out, shout out. But, um, but it was more, uh, they, they, I, I had won this comp and then they had argued and argued and argued as to why they didn't win this comp. Mm. So it was uh, a Lequeur 43 comp that I did and I went to the, to the UK final. Um, we had to pair it with a barista, which was really fun. Uh, so I paired up with Stephen Young, who works in Barry Island. If you guys have ever met him, he's like the most wonderful guy in hospitality, in my opinion. Shout so out Stephen Young. And... Um, and when they announced the heat, uh, this guy, I remember his drink because it had like four different types of gum in it. It was just, <laughs> it was like, it had to be based around coffee and the Cure 43. Obviously, the Cure 43 is quite sweet anyway, so you need yeah. to balance it. And he just didn't. And his garnish had no relevance. He paid a song that had zero relevance to anything. And, you know, um, it was only a heat for six people. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, they, they kind of explained this to him. It was like, look, you know, uh, it just tastes a bit too like floral. It's like, well, I didn't put anything floral in it. It's like, yeah, but the ingredients combined did that. It was just too sweet. It wasn't quite balanced. The, the person that's got through uh, just kind of had the right story, the right drink and the right kind of thing around it, which was what? Um, okay. <laughs> Obviously. And he just kicks off and that's fine. You do you, babes. I don't care. And then um, that's my motto, by the way. You do your best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, You'll get on with Bell. You'll get on with Bell. <laughs> and then, um, and that was fine until he then uh, posted in Extra Bartender's group um, about how I shouldn't have won. Uh, what? Because, oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have won because I garnished my drink with a paper umbrella. But my whole drink was based about being on holiday and, and like, you know, on, in the Canary Islands, and like, you know, a little bit fruity. And that was my, it had reason. Everything had reason. And my drink so, was delicious. It was balanced. And he, yeah, he went online and he just absolutely slagged me off and just gosh. slagged all the judges off. And I was like, are you for real? And I, normally I don't, I don't do my dirty laundry um it, it, on facebook but this guy like really just pissed me off like i'm not yeah, surprised like, time and time again just to be chill like you got you, you told it and he's going on and on and then um i just sent a screenshot to like just a couple i, I was a bit you know <laughs> I, had a, I had a couple of shandies because one so like, <laughs> screenshots couple of people and my god it was overwhelming the amount of support i got from the southwest so, like do you know Brilliant. 
you know, just like just like absolutely but in such a constructive way just saying to him like dude you can't be like this brands are going to want to work with you people aren't going to want you co- to compete if you just don't understand why why it didn't happen and he was here yeah, he was a, a twat <laughs> that's that's wow. great that's that is an extreme extreme reaction i mean yeah. i've seen some pretty extreme ones myself like I've seen ones get violent, but for me, that was actually worse. The, yeah. He actually called you out on social media and then called, decided to... Uh, yeah. He, um, he, he needs a bit of humility. Is, he still, is that person still, still in the industry then? Yeah, I think so. I'll text you his name later. You can have a stalk. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I like what you did there. I like what you did there. <laughs> I mean, talking about being humble, I think, you know, this is where we, where we met um, at Red Light. And it's, I mentioned it in the very first podcast, it's just the, the attention um, you give to the customers was played really heavily on me when we met and when I left and came back a second time. And it, it, there was quite a, a period in between, and, but you remembered such minute details about me that really left a big impression. Um, and it's such a, a, I mean, I say it's a skill, but that's something natural that came from you. Um, I think you talked you talked about it as somewhere else about remembering people and giving people a reason to come back or to to show care. Um, where did that come from? Did, was that just a natural thing? Is it something you you learned to develop over over time? Um, I think it's just a hospitality thing. I think it's just it's you know I think it's such a huge competition these days. There's so many bars to go to. I mean when I started this 10 years ago to now, I can't even put to words how much the cocktail industry has just excelled. I mean, to the point you can go to your local pub and get a cocktail. And it's always that, that opinion. It's always that argument of like, would you go have a shit beer and talk to the most awesome person behind the bar? Or yeah. do you want to go spend 20 quid on a cocktail and not have anyone talk to you? It's so to me, I, it's something that I learned to develop. And then it got to that point, especially where I've worked in bars for like, like red lights like a long stint i mean that was like i think three and a half years we had so many regulars and i'm so bad at remembers people remembering people's names but i remember drinks orders um <laughs> so what i used to do for any of you that haven't been to red light you go down the stairs into the little reception desk and on there we had a handwritten diary so in the back of that diary i used yeah. to write uh the regulars names in their notes so <laughs> when people pop back if i if i completely had a mind blank i was like oh um let me say i'm just gonna go to the desk and i'll come back as like oh my god kate steve how did your daughter get on a uni this term blah 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 blah. (laughs) like and that's for that's kind of more for people that i don't see week in week out obviously damien you were you were industry so i remembered you Mm. i remember the the mole bitters you bought me i can still taste them and i was like oh yeah damien i remember damien like (laughs) shout out dash by there (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so i think i think sometimes i can just remember these smallest things about people but it's mm. it's mainly if people have been nice to me and and chatted to me like you know i could have someone visit the bar once a week and not have a conversation with them. i have no idea who they are but when you actually sit and take time to talk to people and talk to them about something that's not necessarily cocktails then yeah. that's why i kind of remember people people more yeah. you um you almost said that like it was easy and <laughs> almost as a matter of factly now i don't mean that in a bad way but it 
what you've just described there, the attention to DSL there is, I mean, I was just slowly applauding in the background, really, if I'm honest, because that doesn't happen everywhere you go. Um, that doesn't no. happen with every, every bartender. I mean, obviously, Damien and I get to travel quite a bit around the country and we get to meet a lot of people. We're, we're quite lucky like that. But I'll tell you what, you don't, you don't hear about those kind of details. And that, that's really, like, really cool to hear that, that the bartenders are still thinking that way, that bartenders are still putting that kind of thought process into the way they uh, host their guests. Um, yeah, fair play. And, and you're right. Um, the industry has come a long way. And, and again, you're right. Yeah, drinks are drinks. So how do you separate yourself? But that, that's some next level stuff, man. That is definitely it. Damien? Yeah, no, and just uh, the attention to detail kind of leads up to really legacy. Um, it, it seems like there was a master plan going into it and there was quite a build-up. Was it, did you consciously knew that you really wanted that and needed to put in some work before going for it? Um, yeah, I've had, I've had Bacardi Legacy on a pedestal for uh, like three or four years. Like it's, I think you either have a crack at world-class or legacy. Um, who knows? Absolutely, I might still, yeah. still have yeah. a crack at world-class if my feet are itchy enough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> I think, Exclusive. I think, <laughs> I think for me like I'm always like I always try and keep in in touch with with trends like that's my thing but at the end of the day my roots I'm a classic girl like I love my minimal ingredients um I don't I, I like I, I would love to learn and be able to have the knowledge behind rotary vaps and things like that but at the end of the day I'm like I'm one of those people that that learn and get better if I practice it every day uh, if that makes sense. So yeah, with, Bacardi, makes lot of sense. with Bacardi, it's to to essentially just create a new classic cocktail with, with you can use homemade, but not necessarily homemade ingredients. And that's essentially what I've been doing for the past 10 years. Um, I only, always start my drinks with a flavor or the ingredients. And I try not to, to necessarily make anything homemade unless it's obviously like a, a syrup or how they do it in the bar. Um, so for me, legacy is like, oh my God, I, I really want to, do really well at this comp and I, I tried to enter once or twice and I was like oh, sod it I'm just I'm just gonna have to do it um so when I decided I kind of came out because I, I kind of like stopped competing for just about six to eight months and I started doing some little comps and practice I was like oh yeah we've got this I miss this feeling this is nice <laughs> um and and yeah again I went I went back through all my notes and it goes back to again uh Sarah Tring uh when she trained me in cocktails um, she wrote this menu, which I think is still probably one of the best menus I've ever written. It's like really classically inspired, a lot of classic cocktails on there and a lot of her own creations. And um, when I was going back to learning about the ingredients, not knowing what like monkey shoulder and stuff was, um, the one cocktail that I always remembered was a cork survivor because it was four equal measures and two dashes. Great drink. Um, it's a great drink. Yeah. And I, and I love equal measure drinks. I think it's so without blowing my own trumpet like it's so clever to be able to balance four ingredients without adding like a touch of sugar or definitely, adding definitely. something homemade um and so that's that's what i did um and i sat at milk thistle one night with alex godfrey who was the previous manager there and rebecca size that works for cardi and they just sat there and just taste tasted everything and and yeah it came out and i had suddenly had this this equal measure drinks that i just kind of put in and it kind of works out for me, I guess. <laughs> and um, did you think that this drink would 
take you as far as it has and expose you to as many things that it has done. Because looking at what's happened following Legacy, there's a number of really cool things that have happened. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, with how big Legacy was, um, I... I took it each stage at a time. So I never, when I, when I, when I entered in, I was like, cool. Okay. The next stage would be the heat. How are we going to do that? Okay. I won the heat. Cool. Next stage is campaigning UK final. How am I going to do that? And then when I got to the UK final, and I flew out to the globe, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> how, did, how did I get here? I was just entering. I sat at the Milky like a month ago. Um, and yeah, and I mean, to even get to like the top eight I was like holy fuck like that was out of this world and when I had done my performance um I knew that I kind of fluffed it up in places and like in my heart I knew that I hadn't I hadn't won or got top three but I just walked off that stage feeling so unbelievably content with myself like it was amazing um I cried a lot afterwards because it was just so like emotional about everything and stuff um and yeah and then just for for that to happen and then everything that's happened since it's just it's just been such like an incredible incredible journey really like i'm very very lucky to have been in the position that i was in i remember following it um one of the one of the few things or one of the few times i should say that that i followed the com i mean you you made a lot of noise I don't know if it was you or, or, or Jenny Griffiths, but shout out to Jenny Griffiths. But, uh, honestly, you guys made so much noise uh, on social media. It was actually, it was hard to, to ignore what was going on. It was hard to know who you were and who you are. That was actually part of my campaign. So obviously when I set out, sent out all the packets and stuff like that, um, I did um, an activation for International Women's Day. So okay. that, was, that was the day of the final. So I just messaged everybody saying, look, you know, it's the it's the final on the International Women's Day. Could you guys maybe just do me a special if you can stock it for longer, blah, blah, blah. So I, was, I think because I'd previously done a little bit of brand work, that's how I approached uh, my cocktail. Okay. I approached it as a brand. Um, but then the day before, um, they must have hated me for this, like May and Dick and everyone, but the day before, I just messaged, I put everyone in a massive Facebook group and I was like, guys, I'm so sorry for this, but can you just, do a shout out, just do a story and stuff. So there was like a 24 hour period where it just went absolutely mental. But that was me asking people to do that. So I was fresh in the judge's head when I kind of went into it. I think we had a slight technical issue there, but um, I think it's fair to say things went mental yeah. when you still do shit. Do you still record? <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, we're we're still here. Don't worry. Uh, so for okay. you for you listeners out there, obviously with the the lockdown, the quarantine, um, Damien and I have been uh, well, we've been experimenting with a few different ways of, of doing this. So uh, technology being the way it is, it is what it is. <laughs> but we got the gist. We got the gist. Um, Damien, but, you were going to say no, but also I was going to say um, for listeners who are not in the UK, um, could you maybe just uh, explain the drink and what went into the process of it and kind of the reasons behind it uh yeah so the the drink itself uh so equal measures yeah, equal measures in the drink um it's bacardi ocho it's the age statement uh the age statement. god i really can't talk um <laughs> so bacardi ocho is that eight-year-old rum um so and then i had a citrus originally it was lime but it didn't work i went with lemon because it was softer and complimented the age rum more um and then i wanted uh 
two ingredients. So I wanted the first ingredient to be an accessible flavor that uh, consumers looked at. And then I wanted an ingredient that bartenders uh, really loves, but can also kind of make their own if they wanted to. Uh, so the apricot was for um, was for the consumers because um, most people like things like peach and strawberry and apple are so popular that if people like peach, they're going to like apricot. And then the second was a sherry. So I did try other fortified wines, but it was Harvey's Bristol Cream that did it. So it's a blend <laughs> of uh, Oloroso and PX. But it's the second largest brand of sherry in the world. But also for bars that don't necessarily want to stock it, I then said, look, you can do a you know four to one PX Oloroso. So it kind of made it kind of gave people the chance to make it their own, but it always That's was really clever. That's clever, and always lemon. Yeah. Um, which I think worked really, really well in my favor. And then it's just finished shaken with a slice of, um, a slice of fresh orange. I just really love oils in the drink. It just kind of tied all the flavors and everything together. But you say, you know, you, you talk as if it was so easy to come up with, but um, there was quite a bit of analysis, military analysis that went into it. Research. Yeah. I mean, I think my initial spec, like spec way back when, I think apricot was my chosen flavor because I'd gone through previous uh, global drinks. I think I went through about 120, 150 maybe recipes and apricot had only appeared three three times in a global final. Um, So again, it's kind of like, it's about being like really familiar with the equal measure drinks, but kind of trying to be a little bit different with it and a little bit different for like the judges as well um so initially it was uh, a Bacardi Quattro the four-year um Martini Rubino sweet vermouth uh apricot and lime and it didn't work and then we switched things out and it was the orange that kind of just made it all all just work really can I say Damien um I remember your story about um, Chelsea on, on the first podcast when we were talking to Drew and how you used her as an example of, I suppose, industry service or customer mm. service that had kind of blown you away. It's memorable. Man, this, this, this young lady's inspiring, isn't she? There's a reason we call her Chelsea fucking Bailey, right? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, who, who does yeah. that? Like, the level, again, the, the level of attention to detail, it's... it's it's no wonder you're winning what you are. It's no wonder you're getting the opportunities that you are. I mean, for all of you, um, Barton, as well, everyone really that, that's listening to this podcast, uh, well, first, thank you. But secondly, that this, this, sometimes people ask me, how is it that such and such person gets to where they are or why is it that they've got there? And I, I, I do get these questions quite often. And for those of you that ever wonder, listen to this. Listen to, to this young lady talk, man. This is, this is how you do it. This yeah. is the level that you need to be at. Sorry, well, that's that my input. <laughs> <laughs> thank so, you so much. So let's talk a little bit kind of where things are now. So is it right to think in February you came to London? Uh, yes. So uh, I started the job on the 3rd, but I moved uh, on the 1st so I could have a celebrating night out with Jenny Griffiths and then a day to recover. <laughs> Can I just jump in and say I fucking love Jenny, by the way. Just like, shout out to Jenny Griffiths. She's one of my favourites. We did it in true style. We went to the Artisan for Champagne and then we went to nice. LCC and smashed a load of uh, WKD Blues and Hooches oh, and Champagne. It, oh. it was amazing. <laughs> How we went, we went, oh. we went to, from posh to basic, like Norton 60. It's amazing. amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. But you were saying, so February. Yeah, so, you, so, so you're now over at Happiness Forgets? I am indeed, yeah. So I'm, I'm now the general manager of Happiness Forgets. 
somewhere, somewhere you've wanted to be. Yeah, I mean, it's been my favourite buy in the entire world for, for six years. Um, so I've definitely got my big girl pants on running this one now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. Ali, Ali did offer me the job previously, um, like two and a half years ago, and then kind of the stars aligned and it was the right time. So yeah, I moved over in February. I'm curious, what, what, what made it your favourite of all the bars that you've uh, been able to, to I suppose bartend behind as well as visit as well makes this what makes this one stand out for you um I just I just love it so my my favorite thing about a bar is consistency like um consistency and just Agreed. great service and I'd been drinking at happiness for like six or seven years and I still remember the first time I walked in uh we were sat by the front door uh I was with two non-industry people and it was Tara Gurnell that served me I can't remember who was behind the bar and she came over to kind of explain the menu okay. and stuff. And I, um, I was just like, oh, I just, I'd really love an Aperol Spritz if I may. She's like, yeah, great shout. It's like really quite <laughs> outside. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. She's made me feel so welcome. And she's made me feel so nice. like nice about ordering that. And then my friend wasn't drinking. And then she's like, oh, can I just have a soda? And she's like, oh, I'll try this. We've got homemade ginger syrup. We'll do this for you. And it's like, it was just amazing. It's like, they just asked a question, but they just went that one step further. And then just going back over the years, it's just how it's, how it's always been like you know a, a, a team very much makes a bar but it happiness just been so consistent i just i've just always loved it there's no there's no faffing you go yeah. in and just have banging drinks and have a giggle it's hmm. like what more do you want from a bar <laughs> and obviously it's uh, been an interesting time to join somewhere new with what's going yeah, on at the moment i think i officially managed the bar um longer it's been shut than it's been open <laughs> um, which is quite funny at least if I don't beat this year's targets it's not my fault um, yeah. that's one way to look at it um, but I think um, with this role coming in like I, I'm essentially I've been hired as a, as a manager my job is to manage a business um, so that's to make money make the staff happy and keep up the stand of the bar um, and that's essentially what I'm doing I mean don't get me wrong I'm completely bummed out I'm not in service and I'm and I'm making drinks and hosting people but um, you know, uh, we've essentially created a new business and we have to learn how to run it, learn how people want it, how we're mm. going to deliver it. And it's been, you know, a really interesting thought process. Um, so, and even, oh. yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in then. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, so for someone that's, I mean, we've already established how much kind of like reading and research you do behind the scenes when it comes to cocktail competitions and drinks creations. Do you use that that same kind of like thought process and mindset when it comes to, because you said part of what you want to do is make, make your people happy, but how much reading are you doing behind the scenes in respect to, to, to those little details that you want to put in place? Uh, what with regards to like, staff and things or just yeah just all of it just just running the, the business to you've obviously got a vision in respect to the, the way you want this business to go uh you've obviously got a, a, a where you want it to, to end up i just wondered the, what that process looks like for you for those people out there that that are, uh, are about to sort of run their own venue or currently are running their own venues i just i thought it'd be quite nice to hear what your process feels like um i don't know i think i think at the moment it's also overwhelming because it's not like the the normal day-to-day running the bar i think that yeah, yeah. for me i just i just i mean i'd love for for happiness to stay um in the top 50 for its ninth year this year um just because i want to be able to say that 
I'd kind of kept kept those standards up. I mean, it's not the the be all end all. Like um, Ali's like was really supportive. Like, don't worry too much about it. Um, but actually, the closer it gets, the more that <laughs> I I kind of really want to do it. But <laughs> I just I just like want to keep staff. I think it's really important just to like check in with your staff. Like, like how are you? Like, are you happy at work and and things like that. Like, I call it. This is one thing I will take from Mitchell and Butler's. Like every and Malmesa did as well. But every like six weeks so you just sit down and have a coffee chat we just have a coffee of member of management and i try and catch my team like every so often just if it's like having a cigarette or a little pint say look guys are you happy is there anything you want changing um especially like in the new role is like is there anything that i've done differently that you're not fond of what do you think of this and it's trying to like ultimately have the final say but include everyone and all their opinions into it and it's the same with like guests as well like it's 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 all about, it's not just about looking from it from your point of view, but you have to see like the ov- overall picture, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely makes sense. I think there's, yeah. a, there's a, a massive level of honesty in that, but more so humility as well to be able to, well, I think that you've got to have a, a bit of self-confidence in yourself to be able to take that kind of feedback. I don't think everybody can and nobody wants to really put themselves in that position in case it undermines them. But I really kind of like the fact that you're out there asking these questions it makes it seem like you say it makes the team feel like they're getting involved but you're also learning and shaping yourself to your team it's yeah it's a really really nice approach I think nice. yeah I think I think I kind of want to put enough of my own mark on happiness forgets but if I was to to leave that bar it would no in any way affect the standard or the service or mm. anything like that because I think you do yeah. you do often sometimes see it you know when when bar bar managers or bar teams lead and then suddenly someone else comes in and has to build it up again. Like I, that's the one thing I, I don't want. I want to make sure it, it's like a well-oiled machine. I just want to keep that going. Um, and then when I leave to make sure that keeps on, on going. Mm. And obviously, so running it now is very different to how the venue will run in normal service. Yeah. But you're doing some really clever things at the moment with collaborations or, versus how other bars are kind of trying to survive yeah i think um because we always knew that because i think we were probably one of the first first bars in london to to start it up with along with like clue clay um and uh, the guys from free sheets are doing it through top cuvee um and it's more of the fact like people are going to kind of start doing this like how do we stand out and be different how can we also support bars around the world because and then day happiness has so many international guests. Like I, even the short time I was bartending there for like five weeks during normal service, people would come in and like, we've just got off the plane. We've picked our hotel. So we're next to this bar and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Also intimidating. I want to fuck your night up because you've got all this way to do that. Um, <laughs> so, and you know, we've, we've just had it where like we've had a few people order. So when we had um, union training company um, in Shanghai do it, we had a girl email saying, oh my God, two of my favorite bars. Can I have some extra labels and things like that? And it's just like, it's just like really cool. And then obviously we kind of help promote each other. And it was last week, actually, that Little Red Door, who was our first guest, um, they've just started doing deliveries and we were their first takeovers. They took one of our cocktails and bottled it. And um, it's really nice to see. I think like a, hopefully a little trend will kick off where we're all kind of sharing the love, I guess, amongst, amongst the, the globe. That's really nice. I think that's definitely the, yeah that's definitely the key term though sharing the love I mean it's an incredible idea um, but it's it's really built on community that's what I like about it 
yeah. Um, yeah it's, and it's a great way to get to know other other bars and other, other bartenders I suppose it's quite a clever little move well done you thank you <laughs> again <laughs> yeah. yeah it's I mean it's quite it's quite cool we're just we're just trying to put as much normality into it as normal so even when um, we're writing the emails I'm like write it like they're in the bar like you can be a bit funny you can be a bit different um there's and we we've we've really got some like great online regulars that we get to have like a little bit of banter with and stuff so there's this one guy uh called julian that doesn't live too far from the bar and every friday like clockwork he has three margaritas which is six in a bottle you just think absolute loud i can't wait to drink with you <laughs> and um it was actually last week that he had so he'd been doing this like eight seven or eight weeks in a row and last week he went two margaritas and then and kiss and tell from dead rabbit so one of the guys that was delivering was like he's a really cool guy i was like cool so we just wrote him a note on our bill cards like handwritten note just saying uh to julian it doesn't seem right you only having two margaritas here's one on us here's your third one for the evening and, and, and he's like tweeted about it and he got really excited about it and it was just like it's just like little things like that you're still out able to do it's not us just putting liquid in a bottle and sending it out we're still trying to maintain that kind of happiness love as much as we can yeah it really comes across actually even the way you talk about it the the, the passion and the idea really comes through as well um and it's been really interesting to see how different people have adapted to what's going on um it's not really it's a, it's a difficult time for everybody isn't it even those people that have got work it's still difficult and obviously those that haven't so so, so, so damien you want to say something yeah no so obviously you know we're focusing you're talking about what you you're, you've been able to do for others but what has this time allowed you to do for yourself um I actually, as soon as lockdown happened, when we got told it was the last night, it was on the Friday, we just had like, it was just staff and friends at the bar. Um, and <laughs> I got a little bit too excited that night. <laughs> and um, I felt really horrible the next day. And my like skin had like flared up and stuff. So I was like, oh, stop this. We're going to be shut. So I actually went two solid months cold turkey. Uh, I gave up takeaways, drinking, smoking. Uh, I gave up meat. And, um, it was great. My like mental health felt fantastic. Um, you know, and I'd lost some weight and I just felt really good. And now I'm back kind of, uh, like drinking again, I'm drinking to like enjoy it. And I've kind of broken that habit, which is, um, which is really, really great for me. Um, I was joking around with my boss, um, uh last week ali because obviously he's a little bit over 30 um but i say it's, it's it's quite funny how how like the younger kind of generation of bartenders are like are getting their fix making cocktails in their kitchen and then i'm like oh my back feels great like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm 32 like my back's like feels fantastic for the first time like it's quite nice having like a little for my like both mentally and physically it's quite nice to have a little a little break from it all i think the break's gone on too long but i kind of try to to make the most out of it so it's time to just detox a little bit and obviously um having a long distance relationship doesn't help either with lockdown <laughs> no not now the uh the new quarantines come in um yeah yeah how's that being so isolated from you know a loved one and um i mean it's been it's been tough but like like i said like um i think work's just been i'm just i'm just so lucky that i can still work um mm. i just just been the biggest distraction like that's what bartending's always been right like it's probably one of the best jobs just to have a distraction and just you know just put on an act and pretend it's okay which is a good but a bad thing <laughs> but um 
Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, we've, we've been fine. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, you know, I've kind of got the attitude of like, I'm not going to sit at home and cry about it because it's not yeah. going to do anything. So um, this week I've kind of just reintroduced like a bit of social in my life, like obviously social distancing um, and, and things like that. So I have something other than, other than work. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's, it's not been too bad. Like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. Good. That's good. That's the important thing. It's it's never easy, but as long as you're good and you're happy, that they are the two main things, I think. Uh, um, so we do a th- so we do a few features. Um, so I'm kind of known as the music man. So I always ask guests about what song is the song that you would kind of open a shift with or start a shift with, and also close down. Um, we're basically collating uh, all these songs for a Spotify playlist to share with the industry. So really keen to. Uh, to know what's on your uh, Spotify or on your... Um, I think my, <laughs> my kind of uh, daytime kind of set up pre-shift like, song would be anything by Blondie. I always have a bit of Blondie radio playing. Nice. Um, and then as soon as the last guest's out, it's either something like Super Emo or the Spice Girls. If I'm angry, emo. If I'm happy, Spice Girls. If I want to piss the boys off, Spice Girls. <laughs> What's your favourite Spice Girls song? Wannabe, obviously. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, two become one for me if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roop, you you have a few questions of your own, don't you? Well, was, yeah, I mean, you're known as the music man. Apparently, I'm known as the, the drinks one. Um, right. although, although talking to Chelsea, I feel a little bit intimidating, if I'm honest. <laughs> There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. I don't... No, matter, no matter how intelligently I try and talk about cocktails, remember, I always drink Wicked Blue. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for the woo-woo. I love a yes. woo-woo. So I love a woo-woo. You can, take, yeah. you can take the girl out of Slough and put her in a top 50 bar, but I ain't going to change my blue stuff. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just a boy from Leicester, so that's, yeah. <laughs> that's all I've got to say about that. Right here. <laughs> um, so obviously we, we talked about um, your cocktail competitions and, and some of the competitions that got you where you are. My, my question normally is what, what, what is or what was the, your most memorable original drink that you ever created? Um, I'm going to ask it anyway because I, I can't really we can't really assume that it is the, the one that you use for legacy or is it? Yeah, I think I mean the thing about the one that I used from legacy it went on cocktail menus like around yeah. the world like in total I had 55 venues stopping it uh, stocking it across 10 countries yeah um since then the cocktail have been bottled and you know it's just it's it's the one that's most prominent i think it's the one that i'm i'm most known for um yeah i think i think that just kind of sums up my my competition career in that drink that's yeah that's no, it, ma- it makes sense that it makes sense that you definitely put that one but like i said i didn't really want to assume so I thought I'd ask the question yeah. anyway. So for you, yeah. you listeners out there going, Root, why would you do that? Well, I'm not assuming, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm not assuming. <laughs> it's, also, it's also the one competition drink I've drunk the most of. Like that's, anyone that's <laughs> asked me about Legacy, I'm like, make sure you like your drink because you will drink so much of it. That makes yeah. sense. Did you not break, break a world record with it as well? Yeah, my, uh, my friend Bryony <laughs> was on the, uh, the Great British um, Break Off. British Shake Off, Great British Bake Off. She's a 75 um, 2019, 2018. Uh, so we tried a, a world record attempt of the most amount of people eating cake and uh, drinking the rum river. 
<laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's incredible. So um, I, I'm going to go back to Damien on this because Damien's got uh, a question to ask you as well, then. and then we're going to go and we're going to have some fun, I think, for the next little snippet that we have. So yes. Damien, okay. over to you. Yeah, so the lockdown uh, speed rail. So you're at home, you're stuck with only five bottles to last you, the quarantine. What are they going to be? Could be spirits, oh. could be it could be anything. Oh, tough one. Um, <laughs> it is, it is, it is. I'm gonna go for absolute licks. Uh Dolin Dry, so I can smash my vodka martinis. Fair, fair. Um, I'm gonna go Midori for shits and giggles. <laughs> Amazing. Um I'm gonna go off. Oh, I'm gonna go Bacardi Ocho and Flernum's have corn oils. Nice. Yeah, that's fair. I quite like that, actually. That's a, that's a pretty decent speed rail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those of you that, that missed that, we're, we're going to put that list on our bio as well so you won't miss out on, on what the speed rail looks like. So now, now for the next feature then, Damien. Oh, well, the last one. one. So it's the, the speed round. Okay. Uh, so um, you've got 30 seconds. Root's going to ask you a, a variety of, of things and it's kind of multiple choice or one or the other option. Okay. So you've just got to think in your feet. First thing that comes to your mind, you say it. And so some of these are very, very easy, just this, this or that, this or that. But there are a couple that are in there to maybe trip you up a little. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to try and say this as fast as I can and just say the first one, obviously, for yourself. Uh, Damien, I guess this is where you, you count us in. How long do we get? So you... Uh, Count you in on three, and then you've got 30 seconds. Perfect. So, um, because we don't have the theme tune in the background at the moment, but it will be superimposed, I'm going to set a timer. So, count you down. Three, two, one, go. Negroni Manhattan. Negroni. Scotch bourbon. Scotch. Summer winter. Winter. Bitters mixes. Bitters. Classical twist. Classic. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Burgers, tacos? Burgers. Crushed, cubed, shaved? Cubed. Danger Mouse or Inspector Gadget? Inspector Gadget. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Not bad. Nice work. <laughs> we, had a few, we had a few different ones in this one, actually. Uh, I don't want to keep <laughs> pulling out the same... Uh, Got to mix it up every time. Yeah. yeah, in case in case people are listening and think, actually, it's the same question. I'll just study them. They <laughs> <laughs> just fly through them. So that yeah, that 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 was that was that was a good round. I think I'm getting a uh, uh, pretty quick at this. So Damien, we're getting towards the end now, aren't we? We are indeed. So Chelsea, I mean, um, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us. It's uh, it's one that I've really looked forward to doing. Um, as I said, from when we first met, you you left such an impression on me, uh, which has set the tone of how I've been in the industry as well. So I can't thank you enough for that. No, thank you guys. It's been, it's been fun. It's been real fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank yeah, it's you. Been, no, it's honestly. been quite a fun interview. Normally I'm just like, oh, interview, what do I say? And I always like fluff up and I fluffed up a little bit in my words, but no, it's been really no. enjoyable. No, well, no, I appreciate that. No, thank you very much. And, and I mean, second to, to what Damien said there, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like, um, yeah, I mean, you're someone that we, we've both followed your, your career and, and especially with the Bacardi Legacy stuff, that was, that was incredible. But uh, to actually get some time to sit with you and just chat to you, yeah, it's been good, man. I've come away with some stuff, actually. You're never too old to learn, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just so write Damien, it down. Think, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
So, Damien, I think it's time for our, for our close down, isn't it? Indeed. It is. So, again, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and uh, see you next time. Look after yourselves and each other. Love you. Bye. But on a serious note, like that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, Damien and I is really lucky that uh, every guest we've had on has been like really like has a lot to say and it's actually really interesting to listen to because that's we get nervous about stuff like that. Like, what what if they're boring? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I think uh, my big thing is I like I like doing interviews like this because people I like people hearing about myself and realise that I'm not just a competition bartender. Like I'm actually. Yeah good at what I do like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing about now being in London is to put myself in a in a globally recognized position but also mm. oh that's that chick that won that oh shit she can actually make me a decent drink I'm like yeah well, I, can. I, think <laughs> like, I think your work ethic is going to get you there don't worry about that I mean, yeah, I mean, that, hopefully. yeah I mean it's, it's one thing we didn't really even touch upon is kind of the the whole gender issue in the industry and how women are being perceived i actually i actually did an interview um with hebe richardson about being a woman in the industry Mm. um and it's actually for me i think it's 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 benefited me being a girl um dickie cullimore we had a little kind of heart to heart when we talk about legacy in the next stage of it and i said well you know i'm the girl from bristol i don't know if i should have won half the things they might have just wanted to get out of bristol and they were like he's like oh no is that you 100% deserve to win everything that you've ever done. It's just the fact that you were a woman and not from London, you got spoken about. So I, I think it's actually just made me more memorable being a girl. And I'm, I'm really fucking proud of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and any chauvinistic people that have kind of had a problem with me, I know it's probably because they're just like intimidated or whatever. And I'm, I'm okay oh, with that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I don't care that people that have, that have ever made remarks towards me are, nowhere now and mm. uh, you know i just i take everything with a pinch of salt and yeah fuck them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good attitude to have it's, and it's it's yeah. hard it's hard not to it's hard not to let it get to you um it's hard to not not it let, let it get you down a little bit or affect you but no it's uh you seem to have taken it in stride that's that's really good that's really positive which mm-hmm. is quite nice i just i just i really like part of this this thing that i said is like i really don't understand how you can be a bartender if you're homophobic, sexist or racist, mm. because at the end of the day, you're judging someone without knowing them. And our whole job is to make someone feel comfortable and have a great time in my bar. That If you dislike those type of people, then mm. you're fucked really, aren't you? Like, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry you, about it. And like, you, could, you could make one, one bad off the cuff comment about someone. And do you know what uh, us industry people like? We're little, we're little, we're little gossips. Like it instantly yeah. makes you unimplorable. If you're never, <laughs> never. <laughs> do you gossip, <laughs> Damien? I don't gossip ever. I <laughs> <laughs> love a little gossip. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have it. We're going to have a gossip. When this is over, I'm coming in yeah. to see you. We're going to have Key West coolers and some gossip. That's what we're going to do. And if you're listening, start- Jenny, you're invited as well. <laughs> uh. Jenny's the leader. She's the tour guide. <laughs> oh, oh, honestly, man, it's going to be a great night out. <laughs>